Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett, and this is The Nest, or mini show that's all about the delightful and delicious things that make our homes just where we want to be. And I have a special guest today for The Nest. It is Stephanie Hansen, and she is an expert on the van life, as well as she's the host of The Weekly Dish on My Talk 107, and she is uh, the host of the Makers of Minnesota podcast. She's a regular on The Jason's Show, and she's the author of the upcoming book, True North Cabin Cookbook, that's due in October. My God. Steph, is there anything else you want to plug? You're a busy woman. You know, yeah, no, I think that's plenty. <laughs> so we just talked earlier this week about van life, which uh, Stephanie has been telling us great stories about. So I wanted to do the next today to talk about van life essentials, because there's got to be a few things that you just can't leave your house that you got to make sure you've got them tucked into the van. Hundred percent. It was like trying to outfit a kitchen for the van was really my priority. Okay, so you definitely need a camp stove. And we have a full stove inside our van. But you do not want to cook inside your van unless absolutely necessary because it smells. And everything, like your clothes, and if you're like in a closed environment and you're cooking, and sometimes you have to if it's raining or something like that, but we really get the most enjoyment out of cooking outside. So we have our camp stove. Right. Also... Coffee. Coffee is a critical component camping. <laughs> there is nothing better than sitting with your cup of coffee first thing in the morning. Right. Because it's usually cold. It's usually pretty because you're usually in some pretty spot, but you right. just have to have good coffee. So we have a French press that makes a Very hell nice. of a mess because there's grounds everywhere. But we put the coffee in these little biodegradable packs And before we go on a trip, I pack as many as I can into our Folgers can. And then we put these packs into our French press to try to keep the grounds situation down. Because when you're cleaning your sink, there's always grounds in the sink. Right, right. But so coffee's critical. Also, cast iron pan. You can do so much in a cast iron pan. You can do a soup. You can do a stew. You can do a sear. You can do eggs. I could cook with one pan my whole life and it would be my cast iron pan. It's a Wagner. It's vintage. It's old. It's got a four inch side on it. And it's an amazing pan for cooking outside or cooking in the van. It's just that. You guys guys actually do cooking when you're out camping, don't you? I mean, you, you make like, it's, you're not stopping at Taco Bell and then like unwrapping it at the cat, at the campsite. You're doing some real cooking. We don't even like, I was someone said, well, don't you just ever eat like hamburgers or hot dogs? I was like, mm, no, we really don't. I mean, if we have hot a- dogs, I've like made sauerkraut or a quick pickle or some kind of chili to put on top of it. Like, no, we don't just have regular camp food. I don't even know how to make regular camp food. Everything I make is just like vegetables. It looks beautiful. 
or just food I'd eat at home. I just don't cook like that. I'm a, right. I cook. Well, we talked earlier this week about all of the stories about, or some of the stories about uh, Stephanie on the road. And you started in a 1972 camper and then you bumped up to what year is the Winnebago? Um, I think a 2019 Winnebago Paseo. They don't even make them anymore. They kind of changed the model into what is now called the Travado. And the Travados are very popular. I don't right. like that style as much because the bathroom is in the back of the van in the Travado. In the Winnebago, it's in the middle. And the difference is, is in our Winnebago Paseo, our queen size bed has a screen that pulls all the way down from the top of the van to the floor. Right. So when I'm laying in bed at night, I feel like I'm in a tent because I'm right next oh. to that screen. So it's right. super open and airy. Oh, that's lovely. And so if you were recommending, I mean, you sort of had a longer road to the van that you have now. What do you recommend people start with? Or would you recommend people, because you've taken quite a few trips, would you recommend people renting a van first yes. and seeing if that's something they would enjoy? You guys just kind of bought it, no, built it, we did took, you do some? We did. We We would fly into Las Vegas and rent vans. Oh, you did? Okay. And we would drive around Las Vegas. We did Highway 1 in California in a rented van because it's not a life for everyone. And with COVID, a lot of people have like chucked it all and lived the van life. The dirty secret about van life is the only way it works is if you have an internet connection, if you have to work. So. Right. You're, you think you're kind of being off the grid and you sort of are to a degree. We have right, like right. a booster that can give us extra cell bars so that we can get enough internet so that I can do computing and the things I need to do for my work. But right. very few people are truly living off the grid in their vans. Right. The van, the sprinter vans that you see all over Instagram that look so beautiful and like the hippy dippy tricked out ones. Yeah. They're all really cool, but a sprinter van like that, even empty, if you think of like the Amazon truck, that's anywhere from a twenty to fifty thousand dollar proposition, depending on how old you go. Right. And then most of these people are putting another forty to eighty into it. Right. Because it just takes a lot to do the build out. So our our Winnebago ended up costing, I think it was $65,000 cash with the guy plus the Wonder Bread van trade. But right. I think we could sell it now probably for that much. And we've taken some like three trips in it. And we thought we might sell it when we got home. But you know what? We liked it so much. We just keep it. Yeah, I think and 65000 actually seems, 65000 is a lot of money. But that actually seems cheap when I've talked to people about what they've invested. Yeah, usually it's about 120. Well, I was going to say, my neighbor in Tempe, her husband during COVID bought an empty van, tricked it out, did a beautiful job. I mean, she gave me a full tour of it. I said, as tactfully as I could, because I was curious, like, what did this end up costing you? And that was exactly it. It was $120,000. So we did that research because... I love the aesthetics of some of those vans. I mean, right. some of them are the old school buses that they convert. Right. Which I've seen All I too, can yeah. think of is like with Kurt, it's like, okay, at the end of the day, that's an old school bus. No matter right. how much money you put into it, <laughs> the Wonder Bread van looked awesome and was great, but it was still like literally the engine was underneath this this acrylic cover that sat between me and Kurt between the seats. It was so hot 
The engine right. was just burning hot underneath my legs. At one oh. point I had to like prop myself up so that I could push down on that cover so it wouldn't fly oh. off while we were oh, driving. Yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. doing this in the Winnebago. No. You're not doing this. So in terms of supplies and what you need to sort of live the van life, your recommendation is to, to rent a van first, see if you like it. Cause it's, it's something to get used to. And then the other question I had for you, cause I am exploring this whole idea. The other question I had for you in terms of safety, like what do you guys, have you ever felt unsafe from other people or do you carry, like you said earlier in the, in the podcast on best of the nest this week, you were talking about now you actually travel with bear spray. Yeah. Like what are the sort of safety essentials that you didn't in the beginning? You didn't have bear spray in the beginning until you ran into a grizzly. Yeah, no, we didn't. And I think it's different if you are a single woman, sorry, mm-hmm. but I think it is a, a friend of mine is a single woman out on a van trip and right. her safety protocol is very different than ours. Right. You know, she's got it so that she's always got the van is locked from the inside. She doesn't right. go out of the van in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. If she has to go, she goes in a can. Right. Um, for us, there's the two of us and we're just not that worried about it. And maybe right. we should be sometimes. I don't know. I've never felt super worried about it more. It's more like animals than anything else. Right. Cause you, and that's, and that means bear spray. Like, do you have to have special whistles? Cause to me, I, that's what I'd be most afraid of are animals. So it's like bear spray. What else do you have to have? I mean, you could have a whistle, but honestly, the animals are more afraid of you than you are of them in the most part. I mean, we've seen elk, we've seen wild uh, horses, we've seen tons of mm-hmm. deer, goats, um, rams, all the four legged <laughs> thingies. <laughs> my um my sister bought a place in Colorado and she had no business, you know, buying a place in Colorado. She's, sure. you know, a girl from Chicago. She doesn't know anything about the mountains. And she was telling me the last time she was here, she was telling me a story about the fact that she had gone out and she's got a couple of acres and she'd gone into her backyard and she's just walking along and she said her dog was acting so strange. He was just barking and acting, you know, la 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 la. The dog's trying to give her like a little bit of a clue. So she looks up and I think it was a mountain lion. And she said there was a mountain lion staring right at her. And so what does she do? But she starts screaming hysterically and starts running back to her house that she has since learned is all of the worst things that you can do. Probably because it's going to give chase. (laughs) Give chase. So she runs back up to her house. She makes it to her house. But she said she's pretty sure that the reason it didn't chase her, it just killed a deer. And so it was standing on its prey, not very hungry. Right. But it's like, these are the things that I think sometimes when we, like when we idealize what a life can look like on the road or what we sort of have this fantasy that it's a little bit like the whole world is Disney World and you're fine and you'll be safe. And, you know, oh, look at that cute grizzly. You're on the ride. (laughs) Yeah. It's not that way. It's not that way. No, no. And like when I, when we, in our last podcast, I did talk of the story about seeing a grizzly and seeing a grizzly bear as close as I did. It's that's closer than I've seen them in a zoo. So I was like, okay, this is, and I, I have a cabin in Ely, Minnesota where they have the bear center Right. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have to go there because I've kind of experienced this firsthand. It's funny up at our cabin, the bear, there's bears and they come in the summer when they right. were in drought. So they're hungry and 
they really could care less about you. They just like, in fact, will walk right by you and just look at you like, okay, (laughs) I don't know if they've been exposed to other humans or if they're just part of that is knowing that they're predator and you're prey. I don't know, but they literally don't seem that bothered. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What would be your best, if somebody wanted to sort of explore the idea of either taking longer trips or sort of, cause you're not living in a van. I mean, you you just take sort of intentional trips. What would your best piece of advice be to somebody who's just starting out? Boy, if you're just starting out and you want to do it for fun, I would say mm-hmm. just go to Las Vegas. It's a cheap flight. And then you can rent a van from there and you can drive into Colorado. You can drive into the um, desert of, of Las Vegas. You can drive into California and go to all the national parks. The national parks in our country are such a treasure. It's crazy how beautiful, how many, how excellent, like the whole area of Lake Tahoe, the whole area of Colorado, of course. Oh, South Dakota is amazing. There's so much different topography in South Dakota. But I would say rent a van and go on a trip and see how you like it and see what it feels like. For many people living in a van full time isn't realistic for other people, you know, maybe to do it for a year, that's a dream. And you could do that. But I think then you got a budget for that year. And then what happens to the van after you're done? And can you resell it? And are you building a van that other people are going to want? Like our Winnebago is perfect for a, we have a queen size bed for two people. There's no way someone else can really come with us. So that changes who the market is when we would sell that. Um, Would you have ever considered or do you ever look back and you did a lot of sailing with your daughter and she's in her 20s now. Do you ever regret not having done some of this when you had children or is it better doing it now? Just the two of you, just you and your husband. I, (laughs) I had, we did a lot with our kid. Yeah. And one of the worst trips I can ever remember was the trip we took her at her senior year where we took her to Europe. And literally the first week in Paris, I thought I was going to kill her. I was researching how to come home. I could not stand her. She was just a pill. And we had like all these plans and the, we were moving at a pace that she was not interested in. It was so awful. My poor husband was kind of in the middle because I was miserable. She was miserable. Mm. He didn't know what to do. Finally, we just, we got to a place. We went to Luca, Italy. And we just stayed there for a week and we oh, didn't nice. do a lot of stuff. We just right. eat it. We had picnics in parks with cheese and bread. And we just really allowed her to slow down and ourselves to slow down. And we had a much better subsequent trip. But right. yeah, I don't know. Camping is hard for a lot of kids. Some kids love it, but there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. I think yeah. if you're going to, do family camp trips, four days is excellent amount of time. Yeah. That gives you three nights. Sleeping outside or sleeping in a van is also sometimes not the most restful sleep. Right. When we would go on those sailing trips, I wouldn't sleep for the first two nights. I still don't. Right. The first right. night, I just, I'm getting used to the movement of the boat. The second night, I'm sure that we're going to lose anchor, which has happened before. And you're floating out into the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night. Right. So I'm constantly getting up to check to make sure right. that we haven't lost the anchor. And then by the third night, I'm exhausted. So I sleep. So you just have to. Yep. And then from there, I'm smooth sailing. 
literally. Well, I have loved talking about this. I think it's something that a lot of people fantasize about. And I think what's interesting is sort of your perspective. The needs to get started are pretty basic. I like the idea of just, you just start and try and do it out. do little mini see trips. If, yeah. See do if you like layers. it. For sailing, you know, you can sail on Lake Superior for four days. You can sail on lakes for three nights. You can rent right. a boat. You can go with a captain. The first, well, Kurt is a licensed sailor, but I did attempt to get some licensing and right. wasn't very successful at it because I didn't care and I wasn't good. But you can go on like two day, two night trips with a captain and see what that feels like. A lot of people are afraid they're going to be seasick. Right. And some people are, I've never been seasick. Our daughter's been seasick quite a bit, but it passes, you know, you just kind of get, get through it. it and yeah. Right. Well, what I love most about talking to you is you are such a great example of, as we talked about earlier, curiosity and, and making life seem bigger and actually, and, yeah, and actually living it, which is very exciting. And I think that's what any good nest should do. So thank you, Stephanie Hansen. This was so much fun. And again, Thanks, you can find out more at stephaniesdish.com. Is there any other site you want people to go to? Um, No, Stephanie's Dish, uh, the Wonder Bread van is the Instagram chronicle of that van's life. It was a two-year oh. life. It's a great life. It's a great just story if you want to just see some of the places we've been. I love that. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and write us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.